Good morning, Coach Stacy. Good morning, Coach Davis. How's it going? It's going well. It's always a good morning when we're talking, do a little podcast. Oh, always, man. Nice to get the day started a good way, uh, bright and early, especially on this Friday morning, homecoming weekend. Homecoming. I had a guy tell me this was 2010. Uh, he had a coach tell him before uh, that if somebody wants a pass on homecoming week, write the pass. <laughs> like, like they want to go somewhere, send them. Uh, man, have you experienced that as a teacher or got people trying to go different places, trying to get out of the class or whatever? Uh, yeah, it just seems like all week long, you know, mm. people always have something else they need to do other than like be in class. But, you know, it's always good to have those celebration weeks, you know, get a break outside of the norm. I think the kids need it sometimes, especially at towards the beginning of school. Yeah, and especially now that we're on this new semester block. How do you feel about how do you feel about semester block? How's that? You know, honestly, you? I've been loving it. Um, I was kind of worried how I'd like it at first, you know, seeing the same kids every day. But mm -hmm. honestly, I kind of think I prefer it more. You know, I'm like getting to know less groups of students at a time. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? I like I don't have all. I think normally I have like somewhere between like 130, 150 some kids a year, you know, mm -hmm. but now I've only got half of that to focus on at a time. I feel like I can give them more of like my undivided attention, get to know them more personally. Mm -hmm. And just seeing them every day kind of helps with the routine of like keeping things flowing as opposed to seeing them every other day. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's been good for me as an administrator too because I'm not trying to find what day is it you know, blue or white day. Now, some classes still have a blue or white day, but it's been a little easier. Their first through fourth periods are right. the same. Which, for me, in my schooling, my schooling experience, my anecdotal experience, uh, it was a six-period, seven-period, eight-period day, which at least it stayed the same. You know what I mean? Like right. it, it didn't alternate. Like we knew, I knew my fourth period was this. Right. Every day. My fifth period was this every day now, the people that get the short end of the stick though is the teachers at the end of the day because <laughs> everybody's kind of worn out by the end of the day <laughs> yeah you know uh, having a fourth block class is usually pretty rough I mean that's usually your class mm -hmm. that kind of struggle to get through at the end of the day you know certain, mm -hmm. especially once that clock starts getting closer and closer to 3 o'clock I mean we don't let out till 3.15 and you know a lot of those kids just kind of scratch off that last 15 minutes yeah it's tough to keep them home. focused right so, I mean, yesterday, especially after coronation, you know, hard to get them back refocused. And coronation, the most nervous I am all year, including every football game, is crowning the queen and putting the sash on at coronation. <laughs> so, yeah, so here at Buckingham after high school, uh, the head football coach crowns the homecoming queen, which is announced at coronation, and puts a sash over her, her shoulder, which... It's that, a lot of responsibility. It's... it's it's unique. I think, you know, for our community, it's something that people really like. I think that's awesome. Uh, but for me, it just makes me nervous because I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> you know, don't screw that one up, you know. That's, that's crazy. So, cross-country season. Yeah, it's man. It's is full swing. Talk about it. Yeah, please. we're probably, like, right in the midst of our season now. Uh, you know, we're right in the middle of it. We probably just barely one month out from – when things get real serious for us there with like regionals and you know hopefully sending some kids on to states um i had some really good races so far this year uh you know boys and girls have both been running well had a couple of victories on the boys and girls side uh we are very fortunate right now we have 
kind of floating back and forth between number one and two, uh, number one girl in the state right now. Uh, junior Samantha Shreve has been absolutely tearing it up. And I think out here at our home course, beat everyone by over two minutes, over yeah, 100. Was like she was flying. Yeah, beat out like over 100 some other girls uh, over two minutes. So Oof. she's kind of been floating back and forth between one and two, between her and a Morgantown girl, which we won't see again until regionals. But Morgantown. We play this night football. That's a, I have a lot of respect for what they do up there. We go ahead. I'm sorry I cut you off. Oh, no, you're good, man. Yeah, man. I mean, those Morgantown University schools, I mean, yeah, they've got it figured out. You know, they got really good sports programs up there, especially running programs. It's just kind of crazy, you know, on the girls' side for our region, like across the entire state. Like, I think it's seven out of the top ten girls are out of our region. Hmm. And it's kind of crazy to think, like, only ten, like, you have to get top ten to make it out of our region as an individual. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. It's just crazy. Like, set, you can count seven of those girls at states are like all coming out of mm. region one. Mm. But that's just the game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting. I was doing an interview for a preseason football thing. This was 2016 or 17, I forget. And the guy that did the interview was a fan of our program. We had done some really good things down there at Riverside, turning it around and getting it to be respectable. And, uh, you know, I was talking about we're doing really, we're doing as good as we can. And he goes, you know, Coach, a lot of times it comes down to who you're playing. <laughs> and, yeah, it's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's your competition determines a lot of things. I think about Vanderbilt and the SEC. I'm sure the Vanderbilt coaches and players are doing everything they can do. But they have to play Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> in Ole Miss. In Florida, in Tennessee, in Georgia, in Georgia. So, yeah, I mean, are you maxing out your capability? Sure, but that's like how you ultimately finish in the you know wins, losses, top ten, or things of that nature. Really, it comes down to who you're competing against, which is why I think win loss record or where you place is a poor. It's a poor measure. For success. Yeah, absolutely. You know, success to me is more of so like just how you compete, mm-hmm. how you step up to the stage. Mm-hmm. You know, what's your mentality like when you're stepping up there to the line in our case. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I love running so much, especially. Like you wanna talk about like the most level playing field ever. Like it doesn't matter what school you go to, it doesn't matter where you're from, like anyone nope. can run. Like right. and I always say that like to especially like like middle school athletes when they start coming around, like getting interested in possibly running or not, like you know, that's my number one thing I tell them. Like, if you want to be competitive, you want to be, like, one of the top people, like, mm-hmm. I can get you there. Mm-hmm. Like, I can get you there. Mm-hmm. But you got to make that decision. You've got to want it. Right. And that's my favorite thing. Like, man, being small, little Buckhannon Upshur, like, we are the smallest school in our region. Um, mm-hmm. You know, out of all the AAA schools in our region, we are the smallest. We're the most rural. We have to travel farther than anyone else to get to these, like, big meets that we have to go to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's my favorite thing is that, you know, we get up there and run with the best of them. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that's just the beauty of cross country and track and field to me is, you know, it's the most level playing field. It's you versus that clock. And it, mm-hmm. that clock ticks the same for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, John Wooden, I'm looking up John, John Wooden quote because I didn't want to misquote the great John Wooden. He says, success comes from knowing that you did your best to become the best that you are capable of becoming. 
Yeah. 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 And he also says the best competition I have is against myself to become better. Uh, And I was listening to, on my six-minute ride home, I was listening to (laughs) Jordan Leslie talk on Metro News. Um, He's West Virginia's defensive coordinator. And he was just talking about how they're just trying to get better every day. They were asking about, you know, Neil Brown's in the hot seat, you know, and I'm sure all the staff feels that, which is ridiculous. He's in the hot seat. I, I think he's a wonderful coach, doing a great job. Um, I think fans are fickle, uh, but he was just saying, let's just get better, man. Like, let's not worry about how's the game going to play out, how's the race going to play out, how is this going to be perceived by the media. Let's just get better today. And that simplifies if I think if I took that approach and I try to take that approach, but it's hard sometimes, like but if you take that approach then I think it just helps us. Let's just focus on right now. Win the day, be good today. Yeah, especially, you know, and I love in that quote what he was saying there, like, you know, becoming the best that you're capable of. You know, I mm-hmm. feel like that's a huge part. Mm-hmm. Like we've kind of touched base on that before. Like, you know, genetics, biology does have an effect on, you know, Mm-hmm. where you kind of max out as an athlete. I'm going to email you this website while you're talking. I'm listening. Yeah, but, you know, I really just like that. You know, be the best of what you're capable of. You know, pulling the best out of yourself. And, you know, that approach of, you know, treating every day as an opportunity to get better. I mean, man, that's what running to me is all about. You know, we run a long way. I mean, you know, some of our track workouts can get upwards of five, six total miles out there. Mm. You know, that's a, it's, it's tough. It's intimidating. You know, I always mm-hmm. try to tell the kids to work out the day before so they can get it in their mind, you know, that night mm-hmm. before they go to bed. They can think about it when they wake up. Mm-hmm. You know, and they can spend all day at school, you know, getting themselves ready for it so nothing catches them by surprise. Mm-hmm. You know, I have one particular athlete, you know, just get super, like, anxious about every race, every workout. You know, he's constantly thinking about, like, how bad it's going to hurt, how he's going to feel at the end. You know what I always like reinforce and like stress to him is like, listen, you got to take this like one lap at a time. You got to take this one half mile at a time, one mm-hmm. mile at a time. Mm-hmm. You know, you're stressing out about rep number six, and we haven't even started number one yet. <laughs> right. And I'm like, man, you you got to get to through number one before you even worry about number two and then right. number three. Like, if your mind's already set on that sixth and last mm-hmm. one, like, man, you're missing that opportunity to like be focused, be present in the moment. You know, really focus on your work and what you're doing out here. Mm-hmm. And that's just what we've really tried to reshape with him this year. He's one of the best runners in the state, top ten runner in the, like in the state. But you know, it's just got those mental hurdles. Mm-hmm. But you know, we just try to really stress, like, hey, man, you got to approach every day with just, hey, I'm gonna keep taking this opportunity mm-hmm. that's given to me, make the best out of it, mm-hmm. and then, you know, trust that the results are gonna come at the end. Yeah. Yes. I think about. There's also people that are super jazzed up about the first rep, about the second rep. But then my dad sent me something this week that it's he was reading something. He sent me his notes. Uh, it's reps three through seven that really matter. So you're looking at, I guess, out of ten reps. So everybody's fired up for, <laughs> I can say, you know, football first couple of days of practice. Then day three hits. That day three, four, five, six, seven. And then if you know 10's the end, you can pro- you, it's easier to finish like 8, 9, 10, right? But it's going through the, the meat of your, your schedule or like preseason or season schedule. Like how do we press through 
when it's hard. And then, like you were just talking about, not worrying about those reps before it even happens. <laughs> like, let's just let's just get into it, and then this, let's live in the tension. I was reading something last week about living in the tension. And then today, Friday, is the mysteries of the rosary t- uh, today are the sorrowful, sorrowful mysteries. And I love those. Those are my favorite ones. Because that's living in tension. That's Jesus preparing to go to the cross, Jesus on the cross. Uh, and that ends up being you know, the world's greatest victory is Jesus' sacrifice for our sins on the cross. And obviously he raises from the dead and the glorious mystery is tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think those are beautiful because it's, I know for me in life, a lot of times I don't want to look at the things that have, have not gone well, right? So like we don't want to, like we lose a game, we don't, we don't want to watch that film, right? Because that's hard. But those are the ones we need to watch, right? Those things, that's when we really need to press in and learn. Uh, and that's why I, I, I love the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary. They're so, they're yeah. so good. I mean, what you're saying there about pressing on when things are tough, I mean, you know, that's what it's all about to me. Mm-hmm. Um, as runners, you know, I always think like running prep type of practices are so much different than like ball sports in a sense. And I mean, ball sports are like physically demanding and, mm-hmm. you know, there's definitely practices that push you to your limits. But, you know, I played a, like a you know, mixed handful of ball sports throughout my life as much as I ran. But, you know, nothing ever really got me to that point of like physical exhaustion, quite like a hard tr- like track workout, did, mm-hmm. you know, like knowing that there was nothing else in my body I could have asked of it. Mm-hmm. And it's those days when you feel good that it's easy. You know what I mean? Right, like yeah. when you step out on the track and like everything's good, the weather's good, you're feeling good, you you know, you're just feeling it, you're ready, like you know you're gonna kill that workout the moment you I like feel step it, coach. Out, like, yeah, right? you hear those kids. Yeah. Like those days are fantastic. Like mm-hmm. fully celebrate, take advantage of those moments, feel good, live in it. But to me, what's always been more defining of who you are as an athlete and who you are as a person is those days that you don't feel good. Mm-hmm. Those days that you walk out there that you feel like crap and you know it's going to be miserable and you know it's going to be hard, mm-hmm. but you get up there on the line anyways and you keep like trekking through it. Like mm-hmm. even if you're 10 seconds off your paces, even if you're, you know, just not grinding it out like you should be, you know, it's pushing through that and like just still getting to the end, mm-hmm. which I always tell my kids like, you know, that right there is so much more valuable than the days that you guys walk out here and feel good. Because mm-hmm. when it was tough, and you still got through it, mm-hmm. like when it's easy and you're feeling good, it's gonna be nothing. But what right. you just went through, I mean, you know, mm-hmm. that's so much more. And you know, living in that kind of what you're talking about, that tension, you know, just accepting it and understanding, like, hey, this is for the greater glory. Like, this is gonna, you know, mm-hmm. we're we're gonna get something out of this. We're gonna move past it. Yeah, I think just going to, into any day, understanding that there's going to be difficulties or to a workout, or you don't feel good, or it's not your best day, that's when the magic happens, for lack of a better term. I think things click, and I know in my brain they have, I read other people, because something happens and you go, okay, this is where I really become the best version of me, because I'm having to push through, this is difficult, this is hard, I'm not comfortable here, I'm not comfortable doing this, because that can be, you know, getting out of your comfort zone is stressful, right? So, like, this role is a principal. I swore I would never become a principal before I was 50. Yeah, 37, and here I was. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Yeah. 
But it's funny how life has you have to play you have to live life on life's terms. And you're never ready. Like with kids, you're never ready to have kids. I hear people say, you know, you got a plan to have children. That's a load of hooey. Right, you plan <laughs> right? whatever you want. Yeah, plan whatever you want. The Lord is going to give us what he needs. He, he's going to give us what we need for our um, our purification. Uh, I always tell people that children are my route to a shorter time of purgatory. Because uh, it makes me less selfish and it makes me more apt to embrace things that are difficult and just to live life on life's terms and say like you know a certain like for a couple months ago like our boys just were not sleeping well and I was drinking more coffee than I knew what to do with (laughs) and but I look back on that and I think you know what if I can go through that I'm okay I can get through this Um, and yeah I think there's all kinds of life life lessons with that like there's a, there's a thing behind you has t- the tickets of my senior season at Liberty I think about the lessons learned in my time there um, I really enjoyed my time there and I think about those now daily because I look at that I think about practices and games and um, yeah I think it's a good it's good to have reminders for us that we've been through difficult things and we can keep going and we're better and those things that may we may have thought were for like our detriment, were definitely for our good. Looking, looking at almost ten years later now, you know what I mean? Like looking, looking out. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know, and I think really like, as coaches, as educational leaders, as principals, as teachers, whatever, you know, I think that's like our job. Like that's what we have to get through to our kids. You know, I feel so bad right now. I cannot think of the guy's name, but. I, randomly came across this video on uh, social media and I have to show it to you after this mm-hmm. uh, it's just, but it's a high school football coach just standing around talking after like a post game interview or something and he kind of just gets into talking about like you know coaching kids and you know the importance of it and in the middle of his little like spiel he kind of stresses this one factor where he says um, something along the lines of like either four to like seven percent he said only four to seven percent of like high school athletes are going to become college athletes Mm -hmm. but 100 percent of them will become adults yep and i mean dude i heard that and it just shook me and i'm just Mm -hmm. like man like if that's not your mentality like if you don't realize that when you're working with these kids like if you're not keeping that at the heart of what you're doing like man you've missed it and I think that's kind of like what we're talking about yeah. there, you know, being able to teach kids. Like, yeah. as coaches, I think that's our responsibility is to, to get kids to that level of that doubt, of that mm-hmm. showing them that when things are hard, they can get past it. They can mm-hmm. continue to work through it. Mm-hmm. You know, in your case in football, hey, whatever, mm-hmm. you got a tough opponent. You know, it's not going to be easy. You know, it's going to be a tough game. But, hey, we're still going to go out there and we're still going to, you know, just do our thing. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way we treat running. Mm. But I think that's, as coaches, like, man, if you're not holding on to that idea that 100% of these kids are going to be adults, Mm. and that's the whole purpose of what we're doing out here, Mm. man, you've missed it. Yeah, that's also where I get a little (laughs) perturbed at the transfer portal thing here in our state. Because I think for us as coaches, like you were saying, we're preparing our kids to be adults. And I think my brain also goes to we're preparing our students to become productive members of our community 
of our community, not right. other people. Right. <laughs> not they live right. somewhere else and they come here to play. Uh, yeah, because 10 years from now, I want to bump into somebody at Kroger that I coached, and I, I would never want to diminish their high school experience because we played somebody who just moved in to get some shine and see you later. Right. I think that's terrible. I think it's all kinds of awful that that happens in certain places. Um, because what's this really about? Exactly. I mean, can, I mean, who, who can name the person that was the head football coach at Buckhannon Hampshire High School 25 years ago? Who was it? Most people have to look in the history book. Right. right. So I think what's important is that we're building relationships and we're helping the kids that live in our community, people that are going to become productive members of our community, not just maybe a kid that helps us win a game or two. Exactly. And that, man, that just fires me up because I'm, if, in college, that's different, right? College, pro, like that. Right. You're getting paid millions of dollars. Hey, go get yours. Go get your people. Go recruit. Go sign people. High school football is not that. No. And it should never be that. And it was never meant to be. No. It was meant to be play with the people that live in your community and we'll play each other. And some years I'll beat you. Some years you'll beat me. And that's okay. See, and that coach I was telling you about, like, that's what I love that he stressed so much was like right after he says that, he's like, you know, we forget that all of this that you see out here, all this extracurricular, he said all of this was like originally built as an extension of the classroom to give mm. young men and women the skills needed to exceed as adults. Like he said, like the idea of high school sports was not like – professional feeder programs right the idea was we need to give these kids the discipline and the skills that they need to be successful and like so much of that focus has been lost in our society of just these temporary you know celebrations of victories or whatever you know but I'm firmly of the belief when it's done correctly and done right mm -hmm. the results follow like, if you mm -hmm. do those small things right, mm -hmm. you do that, like, you keep that focus on preparing these kids to be adults, you, like, give them the discipline that they need, you know, sh like, be the role models that they need, be a mentor they can rely on, you're going to get the, res like, those mm -hmm. victorious results to follow. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we don't ever sit there and talk about performance in cross country, mm -hmm. but, you know, before I got here, we hadn't sent a team to states in 13 years. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, that was a pretty long absence of not having any Buchanan Upshur representation up there. And, you know, we were thankful the past two years we got a girls' team up there for, like, mm -hmm. you know. And we never sat there and talked about, yeah, like, yeah, we said that's our, our goal. Mm -hmm. But we never sat there and stressed, like, if we didn't hit it or make it, like, you know, that's what defines us. You know, it was just all that focus of working to get there. Mm -hmm. And at the end of it, knowing that we would have given our all even if we made it or not. Mm -hmm. And, man, we just lost that. And it's mm -hmm. real shame because it's not... It's not our egos that are getting shattered. It's not like our futures and potential. Like, man, we're really dealing with like the fragility of a child's future in our hands with that stuff. Mm -hmm. And we're really letting a lot of that slide through the cracks when we put our focus in the wrong places. Yeah. Yeah, I... This is near nine as a head football coach? I don't know that... I don't want to say ever because I'm sure I've talked about a winner, like winning or losing a game, right? But that's not something that we touch on very much. It's we need to have an excellent performance. Like we need to play as good as we can play. 
which is why I love film because you just take the emotion and all that kind of stuff out of it. It's, hey, did we do our job? Did we do it well? Correct technique, correct assignment. And that's, to me, that's what you're looking for, right? We just do it over and over and over and over and over again. Because that is ultimately what wins or loses games. You know, the rest of that stuff, the hooplas, whatever. Once the, once the ball's kicked for the opening kickoff, all the other stuff goes away. Right. It's all about your execution. Uh, so for a race, the same deal. You know, all the nerves and stuff go away after that first however long. Now it's, did I prepare myself? Am I executing the plan? Am I living up to my potential? Because the rest of it's just, it's, it really is meaningless. You just you're trying to just prepare and play the best you can because all you have, I know for football is your preparation and your brothers. That's all you have. Uh, Kenny Dallas told me that years ago, and it's stuck because all the rest of it goes away. All your your family, your friends, now those people are important. I'm not saying they're not important; right. they're important. But at that moment, for that 40, 48 minutes, all you have is what you put into preparation and the people on the field with you and your coaches. See, that's what I loved when the Patriots had that little saying a few years ago, just like, do your job. Like, you know, yep. kept it as simple as could be. Like, n- nothing job. fancy, nothing pretty. Mm. Do your job. Each mm-hmm. individual, you do your job. The next guy next to you does his job. Like, we all do our job collectively. And I know, like, that's something that you depend on so much more uniquely than I do, is that mm. sort of, like, well-oiled machine of everyone clicking together. You know, everyone's got to execute their job their position you know for the play to work out you know as designed you know mm-hmm. something so much more unique to your world than mine but like you know it's just as you said you know that message stays the same of just being the most prepared you know doing what you got to do to get ready well stand for your kids they're they're, they're going to run based on their preparation mental and physical right mm-hmm. so you're going to perform to the level what what, you know, what do the seals say you're going to fall to the level of your training Right, so how hard have you worked to get there? How prepared are you? Is going to really dictate your performance. Uh, because people say, "I'll oh, rise to the occasion." That's not. Like, I don't. No, that's not. Really yeah, how that works. you're not waiting until October to start running a fast five k if you didn't put in the miles all summer yeah, no, long. Yeah, no, no, it ain't no. gonna work like that. There. Tom Herman said years ago when he was a coach of Texas, uh, we don't have practicers. We don't have gamers. We have practicers. You have to practice, right, to be able to perform well. You have no game day players because you won't even get the chance. If you don't do it in practice, you will not get the chance to do it in a game. I'd love to get to ask Allen Iverson what he thinks about that quote. <laughs> Allen Iverson. Man, that guy was – practice. talking about practice. You know, I – I did some research. This was a while ago about the like the context, what he was saying, and that what he said comes off as I don't like practice. Right, but that's yeah, not right. really what yeah. he was talking no, about. Not at all. Not at all. That's a. It was clipped to make it seem like he's talking about that, but that's not what he was talking. That's not the whole context of. I forget what the whole context was, but he wasn't saying like I don't need to practice. It was something that he had like done at practice. Yeah, that's what it was. Criticizing or something. Yeah, it was like like you're gonna criticize me over this at. Practice. At practice, like, like, right, yeah. It wasn't like practice is not important. Right, he's like criticized like my game and like what happens on the, like, yeah, right. what happens, yeah. Because, I mean, Allen Iverson, if anybody, I mean, some of the, I guess if younger people listen to this podcast, they'd be like, who's Allen Iverson? But that dude played so hard. 
mm-hmm. all the time, and he was little Had for NBA standards. Right. And uh, his effort was always way up there. I was a huge Allen Iverson fan when I was a kid. Yeah, yeah, I still remember my Philadelphia 76ers black and black tank top Allen Iverson jersey. Mm-hmm. I only ever had two NBA jerseys in my life, that and Jason Kidd. I mean, that was the last time Reebok really sold basketball shoes. The question, His question shoes and the answer shoes that he had, I, I had a bunch of pairs of those. Yeah, I saw something about him and like referees recently, and I guess there was like one instance where he had kind of bumped a ref and like the NBA refused to like suspend him. So then it was a referee on a podcast saying like basically the referees union got together and basically was like, all right, we're like just going to screw him over for the next like so many games. And like the next night out, they just wouldn't call anything. They kept calling him for a carry, which, uh, you know, technically has always been in the NBA rules, but they never called they never it call, on him. Yeah. But for him, like that was his game. Like if right. you started calling that, you changed everything. So one night they just like decided to call every single carry on him, and they oh called him God. on like five or six, and they said finally Allen Iverson just walked over to him and was like, "Okay, like just tell me how long this is going to last." Right. And they right. were like, "All right, you're going to get yours too, and like you know, right. we're going to get even." But they said it was like a funny, like friendly relationship. Right. Yeah. I just thought that was so. You I know, love, it, I love getting to find things out like that, sure. like ten years later. You know. And that's where the world of podcast. It has, is so cool because people will tell those kinds of stories right because it's now on the radio and you can just sit, talk about whatever you want and there's really no censorship on these things so here you go I'll just tell the story of Allen Iverson in the NBA and yeah it's awesome Tony Franklin has one who was OC at Auburn that was one of his stops he has some really cool stories about his time at Auburn uh, but yeah it's really it's really neat to to get into this and it's free to do now so it's awesome it offers so much new insight into mm-hmm. like the world of whatever you're looking at mm-hmm. and that's just what I love you get brand new perspectives get to see it from a new way absolutely thank you for this morning coach hey man I needed this I this morning I texted you last night I was like hey man let's podcast this morning <laughs> listen I looked down and saw it and I said let's go baby that's awesome you know, I always look forward to it man it's always a good morning <laughs>